Broadcasting live from the Strike and Spare studio, it's time for the Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Highlighting and focusing on women in sports around the country. From the pros to the amateurs. From high schools to colleges. Call the Power Hour now on the Cure Brand Hotline. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Now here's your host for the Power Hour, Sammy Kincaid. Welcome into Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio. Call and talk to us, 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. And Devlin, how you doing over there this morning? Good. All happy to be here, Sammy. Good to see you. <laughs> I think I just woke him up in his chair over there. He was doing a bunch of things. Uh, but we're excited, and we got a big show planned for you today. We're going to end up having Fisk University first HBCU to make NCAA, so absolutely incredible success that they're having in the gymnastics program. We're going to have Naima Muhammad on with us later on in the show. But to start things out, we're going to be talk, talking Devlin's favorite topic, sports bets, with Danny Kleppinger. How you doing, Danny? Hi, Sammy. Hi, Devlin. Good to talk to you guys again. I'm doing well. You know, it's always our favorite to have you on. Uh, I, I know it's Devlin's favorite every single time we have you on, so he can get some advice on what best to be placing. Well, we've got some exciting games coming up tomorrow, so now's the time. Now's the time. I'm excited. Uh, I can't believe we're this close to the Super Bowl. It just The season just flew by. I know. Well, last time we had you on, it felt like we were rattling through some games on, on what to take, but uh, just a couple games tomorrow, and – First off, what do you think about taking the under 49 and or 46 and a half? Sorry, 46 and a half Niners at Philly. Okay, so you want to start with the Niners. Um, the under would make sense, especially because these two teams are so good defensively. Um, I also, I actually think I would lean towards the under instead of hitting the over. I know some people um, just think that. Uh, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts are going to go off. That Brock Purdy is going to make a big statement. I just I can't argue with history, and uh, Rock Purdy's the fifth rookie quarterback in NFL history to start a conference title game, and all those four other rookies were 0-4, and they also combined to throw nine interceptions to just four touchdowns. So history doesn't look so good for Brock Purdy. I know he went from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. So, irre- so Relevant, um, but I do think he's going to get a-, a huge challenge here with the Eagles. I know that the Niners are a sexy pick in this one, but – uh, I just think that the Eagles, especially at home, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, after he came back from his injury, everybody's like, is he as good? He's a step slower. And then he proved last week that that just wasn't the case whatsoever. I mean, I, I would worry for Brock Purdy in terms of facing this Eagles pass rush. They have 75 sacks this year. That's the third highest ever, like in the history of recording that stat. Um, so I just, I think the Eagles are going to get after them because of that. Yes, I, I do think I would lean towards the under, and I'm also on the Eagles. What would you say is the best pick, though, to take for that game? Ooh, I like anytime touchdown wagers because they're fun, and it's just a reason to pay attention to why or to someone scoring. Christian McCaffrey is a great option for the Niners, especially if you uh, want the Niners to come out on top. But he has had a touchdown in eight straight games, so there's no denying that. You can still get him at decent value. I think you can get him at like one minus 120 at most books. Um, so that'd be one thing I'd pay attention to. The other couple ones that I really like is Jalen Hurts uh, to go over 46 and a half rush yards. 
Um, I don't know why this is so low. I, probably because that people are still factoring in his injury, but he's averaging 50.7 rushing yards per game, even coming back from that injury. That's still more than 46 and a half. So if the math is mathing to anybody out there, <laughs> I would say that you, you, you have to go with Jalen Hurts. I mean, he, I realize that they're going to be really putting a lot of pressure on him, but I think that's going to make him be more use his athleticism and use his legs more. So I believe he'll be able to go over this as well. And then I would just pay attention to George Kittle on the Niners as well, because uh, he's going to be a huge target for Purdy. He has been this entire time. So yeah, a couple Niners, a couple Niners props for you, but I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. And uh, I like how you say the math is mathing. I'm pretty sure you reposted it not that long ago. Are you really going to talk about math? Do we need to call in Josh Dobbs? Uh, do we, are we <laughs> yes. going to have any pies to the face? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go check out Danny's social media. It's on there somewhere. Um, but they had a yeah, math competition. No, Dobbs, so funny. <laughs> that was like one of the best memories with that guy. I'm so proud of him to be able to step up and play, you know, in that town for you guys over there. Um, what a cool full circle moment for him. Oh, absolutely. And moving on to the Bengals at the Chiefs. I don't know if you saw the video. I want to say it was yesterday. It might have been a couple days ago, but whenever – the I want to say it was the Cincinnati mayor said that he wants no. to request a paternity test that uh, they want to know. He wants to know if Joe Burrow is Patrick Mahomes daddy. And I, <laughs> I like the shots fired before the game. Give me the Chiefs all day. Patrick Mahomes is about to go off. Why are you calling shots before the games even played like that? Well, probably because Joe Burrow's like just really had their his number. I mean, for the Chiefs to go 0-3 against Burrow's starting quarterback with Patrick Mahomes also being the starter, that just shows that he loves to tear up Spagnola's defense. Um, but Joe Burrow, man, what a guy. If they were going to remake The Bachelor with an NFL quarterback as The Bachelor, I would totally watch <laughs> if it was Joe Burrow. Oh, absolutely. No, that would be pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh... Whenever UCF played LSU, I, I just remember, I was like, man, he is, how he just carried himself in the presser, as he should. He, they played a heck of a game, and especially in that second half, and just came out and destroyed UCF. But, or not destroyed, I, that's a bad word, but in the second half, they definitely owned. They owned, because it, yeah. it was only a touchdown uh, difference in the, in the final, but... Um, just how he carried himself. I was like, man, that is one cocky dude. Uh, but uh -huh. confident, uh, I think, is a better word to use. But, man, uh, that would be pretty pretty fun to watch. But what would you say your best bets are for Bengals at the Chiefs? Um, I really like Isaiah Pacheco um, because he was a huge factor for Kansas City against Jacksonville. He had 95 yards and a touchdown. And his prop is also set at 46 and a half. Um, so I would say that he would go over that one. Um, Jamar Chase has been unbelievable. He has nine touchdowns in his last nine games. So I would say a Jamar Chase anytime touchdown would be a great wager. Um, pair them together. I think they both could happen. You'd get a really juicy parlay as well. But I was playing around with, um, before you called, I was playing around with some one-game parlays for Bengals and Chiefs because this is just one game I don't really know. Like, I'm on the Bengals, but – you can never really count out Patrick Mahomes. He's so talented. Even a slightly injured Patrick Mahomes is better than no Patrick Mahomes. Um, so it's playing around with the total and the spread. And if people know how to do this, I, I would actually take the Chiefs plus eight and a half and move the total down a little bit to like 43 and a half, 44 and a half. And you can get it right around minus 110 or even up to like plus 110. That gives you just a little bit of a security blanket with this one because I do believe it'll be a close game. I assume there will be a lot of offensive fireworks. 
Um, the total's just a little bit too high for me right now. I think it's really well set. But, um, you know, I always like to try and find a way to, like, play with the numbers to where it makes a little bit more sense and add in a little bit of security. So that would be my play there. I think it would be really cool for the Bengals um, to win this one. Uh, I just think to say that you are 0-4 against – I mean, that the Chiefs are 0-4 against you is just a really cool calling card that's, like, somebody really saying they have your number. Um, it would just be a cool stamp of – confidence for that Bengals team especially when everybody doubted them coming into this year thinking they'd be the ones with the drop off when really it was the LA Rams so um yeah I, I would just play with that total and play with that spread a little bit to where it makes you have some good value there but uh gosh this one's gonna be a fun one absolutely gonna be I think a couple of uh good games but you also I, I mentioned your social media just a second ago uh-huh. And you also recently posted about how it had been a year since you made the move to Chicago. Uh-huh. And whenever I introduced you, we didn't really talk about live. Danny Clevenger from Live on the Line. We didn't mention <laughs> what show you're on. So why don't you give everybody just a little bit about uh, the move to Chicago and um, how just a little bit about the show. Yeah, absolutely. I was in L.A. for the past probably six, seven years. I had worked in the NFL for the Rams. I had covered the NFC West for um, NBC Sports down in Los Angeles. And then I also hosted a show for FanDuel, which led to me to get into the sports gambling space. And uh, this stadium, Valley Sports, were launching a new sports gambling show called Live on the Line. It was sponsored by BetMGM Sportsbook. And um, I flew to Chicago to start it. It's a very fun show. It's unlike anything else on TV. Maybe I'm slightly biased, but there's no script. It's completely unscripted. There's no teleprompter. Um, it's, I got another guy on my show called, his name is Brad Evans. He's been in the gambling space for 30 plus years. And he is just uh, a, wild, <laughs> a wild card. So it's essentially <laughs> professional babysitting that's happening on television. But it's supposed to be just three, three friends at a sports bar hanging out. That's the idea behind the show. Uh, we're very loose. We're very casual. Um, but we do give you a bunch of stats to follow up on um, all of our picks and plays. And we'll be honest with you. If, if we're you know, on a cold streak, we'll be like, hey, maybe you should fade us. Or this is something that, you know, but we're very transparent. We tell you when we win. We tell you when you, we lose. We have our record shown on the screen. So it's a really, really fun show. We're a year in. I can't believe it. It absolutely blew by. Um, but I absolutely would love it if you guys joined us and followed us along. You can watch it it's live on the line. It's noon Eastern um, every single day, including Sundays um, on Valley Sports Marquee Network if you happen to be in the Midwest a little bit. Um, and then Yes Network if you happen to be traveling to New York anytime soon. So uh, I would love for you to tune in. It's been a really fun ride. It's, it's crazy. I remember you announcing that you were moving to Chicago, and it really is crazy <laughs> that that's been a year. But I know. going a little bit more on your background, I'm throwing you a curveball right now. You have absolutely mm-hmm. no idea what I'm about to throw at you. But you were a baller. She played basketball at Stony Brook in college, and uh, she was a sharp shooter. And I don't know if you were watching the Lady Vols a couple nights ago, but they played UConn. Did you happen to catch yep. that game? I didn't catch it, actually. I, I wasn't home when that game was on. But I did know that they played, and I've been watching all the recaps from um, <laughs> seeing all the girls I used to work with were sitting front row, which was really fun. Yeah, so I, if you've been watching recaps, you may know I was going to get your thoughts on Gino at halftime. He said that's what you get yeah. whenever you come here. I was going to get your thoughts on that. 
<laughs> yeah, I did see that. Uh, he was pretty fired up. You know, Gino, it seems like he's either someone you love or you hate. Um, I don't think there's a lot of in-betweeners when it comes to Gino. I think he was a little spicy with Holly Rowe, um, but I also think that he really respects Holly Rowe. And I, I think even, like, her reaction afterwards just shows that she knows that he wasn't coming at her. She didn't seem shocked. She sort of just, like, turned it back over um, to the play-by-play and analyst. And I, I just think he was hot and in the moment. It, it, coaches get that way, and you especially start to unleash a little bit more when you are more and more comfortable with whoever you're talking to. So I actually think it's more I, – I look at this backwards. I look at the reporter side of it. I think it's a testament <laughs> right. to Holly Rowe for creating those relationships that he can be as open as he would be in a locker room. Yeah, no, there was actually a picture, though, that you could tell. I think it was a student from Tennessee that she took from the stands, and she said, did I just catch Holly Rowe cringing after that halftime interview? <laughs> and if you zoom in on Holly's face, you can tell it's pro- Gino's a little bit away, so it's after she tossed to the play-by-play, but cr- Holly's face, you could tell she's cringing, like, oh, golly, that was, yeah, that was something. Yeah, not be was a something. comfortable moment. Yeah, not a comfortable moment at all, but she did handle it well. Uh, by not even stumbling at all and tossing it back to the play-by-play. But, I mean, they talk about how pa- how Pat was not a fan of Geno. And yeah. uh, you can just see there why. But just as a former player, I know you have to respect him uh, for what he's done. But, man, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Geno. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, right? Because coaches are always intense. And I think coaches especially – especially a man in a, in a female sport, it's like, oh, you have to be more sensitive. But that's just not the case. I had coaches throwing chairs. I had three head coaches in four years who I swear used my name as a curse word. It was synonymous. <laughs> um, you know, they use foul language. They get very um, passionate. Uh, it, it's just like an expectation level. And it, it, it actually, like, it's kind of funny to say, but it does help you later on in life, too, when you face adversity or if there's some sort of tough scenario, you, you were ready for that because of what you went through with your coaches. Um, I'm sure there's times where those girls probably go back to their dorms or go back and call their parents and like, gosh, I can't stand him. I think that's natural. I think everybody goes through love-hate relationships with their coaches. Um, I don't necessarily see it as anything too vile. I just think that he was worked up and in the moment, and I think that happens. We're all human. We're all competitive. I think that people give it a slight bit more of a, uh, head scratcher just because it is um, women's basketball probably wouldn't have that same reaction if we were talking about a football coach. No, absolutely. That's that that is very true. Um, and I think another head coach that is around the Nashville area that gets fired up all the time is Ty Evans, and he's a women's basketball coach. And um, I think it really pushes his ladies that he's not going soft on them just because they're ladies, and I, I love that. Uh, But, Danny, we always love you joining us on Power Hour. And so thank you so much for your time. And whenever we come back, we're going to be joined by Fisk University's Naeem Muhammad to talk about them making it to the NCAA. So stay with us. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. 
Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. And they're designed by real language teachers, so you learn how to have real-world conversations, things you'll actually use. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Évidemment. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General, producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Make some big Memphis noise. Don't miss Ja, Jaron, and your Grizzlies Sunday at 5 when they take on the Pacers. Score your limited edition matchup poster presented by Silvamo. Available on a first-come, first-serve basis at multiple locations around the arena. Get hyped, get ready for a star-studded show, and secure your tickets by calling 901-888-HOOP or online at grizzlies.com today. From Nashville's home of the Memphis Grizzlies, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM has been your home for sports for 20 years. From typewriters to Twitter, fax machines to Facebook, we have you covered 24-7 and on the go. Finding us online is as easy as at Nash Sports Radio. Twitter, at Nash Sports Radio. SoundCloud, at Nash Sports Radio. Facebook, at Nash Sports Radio. Or search your app store for WNSR. 20 years of sports. Anytime, anywhere. From Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Welcome back to the Power Hour with your host, Sammy Kincaid.
Welcome back to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio, and I'm very excited to be joined for this week's This Girl Can, Naima Muhammad from Fisk University. Absolutely incredible. They are making history over there at Fisk University. So, Naima, first, welcome uh, to Power Hour, and just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself first. Um, well, I am Naima Mohammed. I'm 20 years old, uh, currently a junior at Fisk University, and I'm majoring in English and Film Studies. That's fantastic. And I said you're making history right now at Fisk. Fisk is the first HBCU to go to the NCAAs in gymnastics, correct? Yeah. <laughs> what is it like to be a part of that? Um... It's it's very very surreal. Um, there's almost what probably a hundred different gymnastics programs in NCAA um, and in different divisions from D one to D three, and none of them have ever had HBCUs on that list. And now we're the first HBCU on that list, so it's pretty cool to be a part of history and to start something for better. That's that's so special to really be a his, part of history like that. And so how long have you, um, or before we get into how long you've been doing gymnastics, what events do you compete in? So I compete floor, and I just started competing beam again for like the first time in four years. <laughs> um, I train vault uh, and I train floor and beam. I don't do bars anymore. I left that behind in high school. It never really was my thing. Um, but for competitions right now, it's just floor and beam. And you said right now for competitions, kind of just for listeners that aren't really, uh, they don't know much about gymnastics. Where are you at mm-hmm. in your season? Just kind of give a overview of where where you're at in the competition season. So we are, I think we're probably on our sixth competition. Um, the season for gymnastics goes from like January to about March, April. Um, so we're just at the beginning of our season, heading into the middle of our season. Um, and we've been doing pretty good so far. Each meet, we get better um, and our team score gets higher and higher. We're not really focusing so much on winning or the scores per se. We're just focusing on making sure we hit our routines and that we get better and better each meet. And we've been doing that so far. So I'm really proud of us for hitting those goals one step at a time. How do you think focusing on just hitting those goals versus, oh, how are we going to place? How do you think focusing on those individual goals has really helped you guys? Do you think that maybe plays a part into how you've been able to really – be so successful and have such a history. I mean, the season's just starting and you're already making history. So do you think that yeah. has a big part of it is because you're focused more so on those goals versus what are we placing yeah. this competition? Yeah, I think it helps. Um, Coach Tarver, we, we call her Coach T, but Coach T basically has told us like for the whole season, you know, it would be great if we could win like all the meets. Sure. But we're a first year program. We're just not starting out. We're the first HBCU to have this type of level of gymnastics and have gymnastics at all. So really anything we do, however we do, there's people that are proud of us and everyone is really supportive of us and want us to do well. So as long as we're focusing on just doing well, we're going to be fine. And I think that has shown in our scores, if you are looking at the scores, like I think our first competition, we got a 188 
uh, team score. And then the next competition, it was higher than that. And then by the third, we hit 190. And it just keeps going up and up by a couple of tenths or a few more tenths and a couple points. So thinking less and less about, you know, trying to win, 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 and just focusing on ourselves and our technique, I think has been way more beneficial for the team. And I think, I, I mean, my next question kind of goes off of that. And that's a very... Um, incredible mindset to have to be able to get to success just focusing on those individual goals but what do you think is so special about this team that's also helped you be successful not necessarily the goals but what's so special about the team itself we're really really close um obviously what makes us special is if you look comparing us to other teams out there we are majority or all black girls on the team is all women of color on our team. And that's really special because we all have similar experiences and we can relate to each other better, you know, in and outside of gymnastics. And we all live in the same dorm on the same floor. So we're like, we're like sisters really just living on top of each other and always asking each other for help when we need things and really supportive. So that's what makes the team really special. And I have transferred twice now um from other colleges doing gymnastics so i can kind of compare a little bit from my other schools to this school and these teams and there really is a really strong bond that we have with each other um it doesn't matter what is going on in each other's lives we are always having each other's backs and having that sister bond makes us a better team on the floor absolutely and that is special just how you mentioned the entire team is someone of color and I grew up cheering and I don't I don't think I never realized it as growing up but the last university I worked at um as conversations were coming up a lot more there was one female on the dance team that she brought it up that she's the only person of color on dance cheer there is no gymnastics team at UCF but it I don't think it really dawned on anyone until uh, that moment that she brought it up and it is predominantly white. So that is really special to have your yeah. entire team um, and just hearing some of her stories and experiences. Uh, you, you don't really think about how gymnastics or cheer or dance or uh, some of those sports you don't think about how predominantly white they normally, normally uh, it is. So that is very special. Um, and before we get into just some of your big takeaways from gymnastics and what it's taught you, uh, let's go back to how long have you been? We're going to learn a little bit more about you. How long have you been doing gymnastics? Um, I've been doing gymnastics now for 10 almost 11 years um i started when i was nine years old uh and that's actually kind of late most girls start when they're like two years old in the mom and tots classes or six yeah. years old is the latest um and i started like during middle school <laughs> um and i before that i did ice skating just for fun and i didn't really like it i got bored with it pretty quick but gymnastics i never got bored with because it was running and flipping and twisting and jumping on the trampoline and going to the pit. And it was just something really fun for me that I wanted to do. And the more I did it, the more I enjoyed it. And the more I enjoyed it, the more I wanted to keep doing it. And I think that joy has kept me going because gymnastics is a really, really hard sport. Um, 
it's not easy with the long hours and the training and conditioning competitions every week. Um, it's it's hard and it's taxing on your body, but because I just have so much love and enjoyment for it, that's really kept me going. So now I'm doing it in college and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but I'm having so much fun while I do it. And when I think about just having fun, it's not as hard as it may seem. Absolutely. And before you just brought up two uh, things that really stood out to me. One, have you been able to take anything from ice skating and apply it to gymnastics? Um, yes. Uh, I used to do uh, these uh, scales. I don't know if you call that anymore. Um, where you just balance on one leg and hold while you're skating on the ice. Yeah. Um, that has helped me a lot on beam and my back leg for leaps because I just think, okay, scale, like I used to do. Um, and I never really got past, you know, learning, you know, the axles, triple, double axles, stuff like that. I only ever did, like, one turn. I tried to go in for a double before. It did not work out. Um, but just that twisting motion has helped me learn how to back twist. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I can take away little things, bits and pieces from it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, you don't hear of many ice skaters uh, whenever they're young. So that that's very interesting. But <laughs> the other thing that I took away from that, you said you didn't start until you were nine. Right. That, I feel like a lot of people start younger in cheerleading or gymnastics. I, I'm they relating do. to cheerleading because that's what I did. But because you don't have that fear whenever you're a little kid for flipping yeah. it. And uh, then once, I feel like it was right around nine or 10, whenever I started, I had my tuck and was working on layout. And that's whenever you realize, oh, I could fall on my head right now. Like, why am I flipping myself over like this? Yeah. Did, how did you overcome? Did you have that fear whenever you switched over to gymnastics? I, I never had that fear until I got much, much older, like in college now. Um, like I said, <laughs> I... I didn't. I have stopped competing beam, um, and I started competing it recently for the first time in a couple of years. And I remember practicing it and going competition. Like you know, if I just fall a little bit this way, I could really hurt myself. <laughs> and I don't remember ever thinking of that when I was younger. Um, even when I was like nine, ten years old, um, I was really, really energetic, and I had a lot of energy all the time. I just wanted to do everything that I saw the big girls do that I saw on TV. I just wanted to chuck everything and just flip um so I never really got scared to do tricks or anything um until much much more recently because <laughs> now I've matured I'm kind of realizing hey this is kind of dangerous I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah. yeah no I I did a tuck and once came straight down back on my head and uh <laughs> that's whenever I got very uh routine with all right, if I didn't start on my left foot whenever I took off from my pass, I was not yeah. going to be able to throw my pass. I got very mental I, I, about it. I'm very much the same. I have to start on the same foot and do the same motions for everything I do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, – I feel like gymna gymnasts or, uh, for me, for example, cheerleader, you're very methodical and um, yes. it's very muscle memory, and so you become very methodical. Uh, if you are going to give advice to a younger gymnast, what's your piece of advice to them? Um, I think my advice would be to take your time 
and dream because I know as a gymnast, that's something I struggle with a lot is just taking my time and breathing. Um, if I get really nervous, I tend to rush everything I do. And when I rush, I don't do as well. So it's really, really important that you take your time and just go one step at a time like you know how. And breathing. I <laughs> did not realize I don't breathe in my routines. I literally have to be taught how to breathe. Um, by my coaches because I have a bad habit of holding my breath while I'm doing tumbling passes. Um, and that's not good because then I get exhausted while I'm on floor. I'm like, oh my God, why am I so tired? And it's because I don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is tough to remember to breathe. And you, you would think that's not the case, but it is tough whenever you have, it really whenever is. it's, uh, I mean, routines. I know in cheerleading are two and a half minutes. I don't know exactly the time length in gymnastics, mm -hmm. but um, you think that that's not a long time, but whatever you're holding your breath for that entire amount of time, <laughs> it makes it makes the routine a lot more difficult. Um, and you mentioned Coach T earlier, and mm -hmm. what's it like? Uh, or I mean, she's the athletic director, your coach, um, and a former gymnast herself, so... What's it like learning, especially since you've had a couple of moves in your career to from other universities? What's it What's it like uh, learning from her? Um, it's it's kind of wild because she has her own like title on her back. She's already made her own history, being the first uh, black gymnast to win the NCAA all around. So when she's coaching, when she's teaching us stuff the, for our routines, you know it's coming from experience and. She knows what she's doing. Um, and there's there's a lot of comfort in that, but also not just not just she knows what she's doing, obviously, but she cares a lot about us individually and she just wants us to do our best. Um, so if we make a mistake or something like that, she's like, It's okay, it's okay. It's like because she knows how we are as gymnasts. If I make a mistake that I normally don't ever make and I do it, then she's not really going to stress out about it. She's still going to trust me um, competing because she knows how I normally do. Um, so that's been really helpful. And just, it really is amazing to think about sometimes. It's like, wow, this is somebody who literally made history tell you what to do while you make history. It's like <laughs> a full circle moment that happens. Yeah, no, that's that's very special. And... Um, while we were just talking right before that about advice for younger gymnasts, um, I think this would be something that they'd be really interested to hear from you too, is uh, what is your routine like, your daily routine? Okay. Uh, it really does change uh, depending on the day because of classes and stuff like that. I don't have the same schedule every day depending on how many classes I have that day. Um, but... Like, for example, today, it's a Thursday, which means I only had one class uh, from 9.30 to 10.45. And all my classes really start at 9, so that usually means I'm waking up at uh, 8 o'clock because it doesn't take me that long to get ready, uh, make sure I shower, brush my teeth, wash my face, and eat something. Um, I like to journal because... I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of things in my brain throughout the day. As soon as I wake up, I'm thinking about many things I have to do. So I try to write everything down that I have to do for the day in the morning time before I head out for class. Um, and I go to class. 
it's it's a Wednesday, Monday type of day. I might have like three classes before I have practice. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, one class. So I'll go to practice afterwards. Practice. Um, come back and either I have a class or I can just go back to the dorm and shower and kind of de-stress, eat again. Um, and when I mean eat, like full meals, um, I snack throughout the day uh, in between class and practices, which I feel like every gymnast kind of does that, just snacking all the time because you're losing so much energy, just always training and doing a lot of school stuff that, you know, sometimes you forget to eat. Uh, so I just yeah. make sure I snack and hydrate. Um, and then I like to do homework with my friends. Uh, we'll study in the evening times because most of my friends are athletes too, um, like on the basketball team or soccer team. So really the only time we have to spend with each other is the evening times. So we make sure that we study in the evening and get all our homework done. And we're in the same classes too, which is a lot more fun. Um, and then after that, I might relax a little bit and go to bed, get ready to do the same thing all over again. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And it gives those that maybe want to become a gymnast uh, in college, it gives them a little bit of an idea of what to prepare for. So thank you for sharing that. And I really appreciate you joining me today again, Naima Muhammad, gymnast for Fisk, making history at Fisk, and just wish you all the best, Naima, as you guys pursue uh, breaking breaking barriers and making history. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it, and thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're listening to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid, and we'll be back in just a little bit. Heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its growler filling station. City Slickers also sells mixers, soda, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even... Harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit GiveWestwood.org. GiveWestwood.org. With 13 locations nationally, including Smyrna, Star Leasing Company is a semi-trailer one-stop shop and the perfect place to build a career as a semi-trailer mechanic. Seeking candidates with all levels of experience, Star Leasing Company has a semi-trailer technician trainee program with sign-on and quarterly bonuses and other opportunities such as $1,000 for having a yearly physical. The package also includes 401k with company match, health, dental, and vision insurance, competitive pay with weekly paychecks, and paid holidays and time off. Star Leasing Company, not your typical semi-trailer leasing company. It's StarLeasing.com to learn more. Slim's Tender Mac Bowls are back. We start with a three-cheese blend to make our delicious mac and top it with chopped hand-breaded tenders and Colby Jack cheese. 
Try the Tender Mac Bowl Meal or the Buffalo Tender Mac Bowl Meal, both served with Texas toast and a medium drink. But hurry, they're only around for a limited time. Download the Slim Chickens app to order and earn rewards. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. I've already seen them rolling out the advertisement for this brand new NFL Pro Bowl thing they're trying uh, with the skill challenge and flag football. And uh, I guess they've decided, you know what, just we're not doing the game at all. Just, you know, forget it. It's been a garbage game for a long time, but yet people still watch. You get TV ratings. Sure. TV ratings are still good. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. You're listening to the Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Follow her on Twitter at Sammy Kincaid. Welcome back to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. I'm Sammy Kincaid in the Strike and Spare studio with Devlin McKenzie. Call in, talk to us. 615-844-5600. Again, that's 615-844-5600. We're dying to talk to you. We got a we got a couple more, couple more segments and give call and talk to us. Give us something something new to talk about. Call in so we don't have to talk. <laughs> no, uh, there are a couple more things that I do want to talk about. And we just had Naima Muhammad on, and I didn't see it before interviewing her, but I saw it actually right after we were coming up with some tweets for social media and I went to Fisk and I saw this tweet saying that she is the first Muslim to wear tights in an NCAA gymnastics competition. She petitioned and was approved. So they're just breaking barriers in so many, so many ways. Uh, so it's just so impressive. And that's Fisk university's gymnastics team. So really cool uh, to keep up with them and excited to follow along as they continue on with their competition season. But Devlin, you didn't have too much to say while Danny Kleppinger was on with us, which I was kind of shocked you didn't want to chime in and hate on what the Cincinnati mayor was doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I take pride in coming from Ohio. I take pride in the teams that are you know there, aside from the Browns. I don't take much pride in that, even though I am a Browns fan. Um <clears throat> Most of my friends and family are Bengals fans, and they're all the same. And for those of you who don't know what the, uh, the, the city of Cincinnati's mayor did, he, he came out and uh, basically had once Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to see if he's Patrick Mahomes' father. Um, that's absurd. It's, abs- it's, it's ridiculous how cocky that city is getting. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the way all those fans are. They're all the same. They all think that way. They're, they're all that cocky. And uh, – uh, I'm sure they su- are in full support of what the mayor did. I think they, they probably think it's hilarious. Uh, I think it's just a little bit too far. Um, we talked about it during the week with some of my friends, and this is completely just whiteboard material for the Chiefs. This is something that they've got circled in a locker room somewhere, and it's it's something that they they probably aren't forgetting about. Um, yeah, just be careful, Cincinnati. This this is not a team that you you're you're poking the wrong bear. This is this is the Chiefs. Be be very very careful. Even with a beta bum ankle, Patrick Mahomes still give me the Chiefs. I, I don't think it's the right move. Except for I mentioned while we were on with Danny, UCF playing LSU. And UCF going into that 2018 season, I mean, 
as soon as that 2017 season was over, Eric DeSalvo and Danny White, what they did, uh, the PR move that they did, and the confidence, uh, it reminds me a lot of what Cincinnati's doing right now. But whenever we come back, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this. We're not done, so stick with us. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-529-2856. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. We're going to get into our routine with Daily Tennessee Jackpot. You got a dollar? Let's have some fun with it. Let's get those numbers going. How many are we picking? And one. And two. And three and four and five. Let's go. All of us Tennesseans are having fun now. Let's play and play. Work out a win with drawings every day when you play Daily Tennessee Jackpot. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. What happens to your decision-making when you drink? Well, after one drink, you feel confident. A few more. And calling your ex at 1 a.m. seems like a great idea. And you're pretty sure the secret to a great taco is four-day-old macaroni. The bottom line, drunk you doesn't make great decisions. So you're risking a DUI or worse if you count on him to get you home. Plan before you party. Get home safe. 
Paid for by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. It's a Bill King Show. Lake Norman Buckeye. Bill will save and actually coach that 24 quarterback. At some point, he's got to hang it up. Nothing lasts forever. I want to repeat. Nick Saban is doing his favorite thing right now. He's not trying to get to a moment in life to where he can go sit on the beach. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Search WNSR live video on YouTube and watch the Power Hour live with your host, Sammy Kincaid. Welcome back to Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid. Can we get can we get you singing a little line over there, Devlin? He's fired Not up. About- <laughs> I love this song though. I'm so excited. I just heard this. Oh, Devlin got fired up on that one this morning. Uh, but before we went to break, we were talking about. We both blinked for a second. What were we talking about before break? We were talking about the Cincinnati mayor and the cockiness. Um, and you know what? I think I was saying Eric DeSalvo and Danny White, what they did at UCF, absolutely incredible PR move. I mean, granted, UCF did deserve, I mean, it's in the record books, NCAA record books, that they share a national title with Alabama for that 2017 season. That's ridiculous. Why is it ridiculous? Because they didn't win a national championship. It's in the record books. It's self-proclaimed. It is not self-proclaimed. It's not if real. it's in the record books, and I have a whole, I have a whole national cha- champion ring to prove for it, too. Uh, but again, it got people fired up. It got people's attention, got them talking about them and the amount of just sales. Even if you like, don't even think about like tickets for next year or how it, the trickle effect that it has, but amount of sales for in just attention as well. Just, it, it really does. Um, you can put a number on what they're doing right now and it's getting people talking and that's, that's what you got to do as a PR as the marketing department, you get people talking, and uh, the, the mayor of Cincinnati and the Bengals PR team have definitely got people talking. I think at the end of that video, the mayor says that, I think it was January, what was it, 26th, 27th when it came out? Was it yesterday? Yeah. I, I think he said something along the lines of they, they, they're they announcing that this is national, they have to play us day or something like that. I forget exactly <laughs> what he says. Um, I've got the audio right here. If you want to just it. go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, it. all right. Good afternoon, Cincinnati. I have a proclamation from the desk of the mayor. Be it proclaimed, whereas the Cincinnati Bengals are headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas at last year's game, the Bengals scored more points than the Chiefs, resulting in a Bengals victory and a Chiefs loss. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's 3-0 against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test to confirming whether or not he's his father. Whereas all season long, Cincinnati has been on a path of destiny, fighting it out to overcome anyone who stands between them and a Super Bowl win. And whereas Kansas City is named after its neighboring state, which is, you know, just kind of weird. Now, therefore, I, Aftab Kirval, mayor of the city of Cincinnati, do hereby proclaim January 29th, 2023, as they got to play us day in Cincinnati. Thank you. Shut up. This is my least favorite thing ever. <laughs> oh, 
I got so excited when this came out, though. I was like, man, I can't wait to get Devlin's take on this. I hate it. I hate it so much. That I mean, I'm all for smack talking, I, I especially on the field. I love that stuff. Uh, I know some people probably don't like it. Uh, I actually – uh, Tennessee baseball last I was about year, to say Tennessee rounding, baseball. rounding first base when he flipped off the crowd. That's my favorite thing ever. That <laughs> fires me up. I love seeing that. Even if I'm the opposing fan and he's doing that directly at me, I I will I'll, I'll cross my arms and just you know smirk and nod, just like a sign of respect. Like I get it. Yep, that's fine. I completely support that. Whatever the mayor's doing and the whole entire city of Cincinnati is doing right now, I I hate I I hate it. It's, it's just gross and scripted and, and not fun. And you see, the thing is, whenever it comes to Tennessee baseball, you probably could care less about Tennessee baseball. Sure. Yeah. Cincinnati hits a different chord with you being from Ohio. Yes. It yeah. definitely hits a different chord. And, uh, but I still love it. I, I love the cockiness. Yeah. Whenever a team's very cocky, um, Tennessee baseball, I was about to bring up them. If you, if you did not, they are another perfect example. And I just think it's so much fun. It was I mean, if you aren't having fun with the game, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's I, – I, like I said, on the field, I enjoy that. <laughs> like, I mean, I remember uh, Taylor Lewan and Josh Norman on the field uh, chirping at each other during games. Taylor Lewan chirping at somebody? What? I, yeah. Um, I wish I wish I could play the video. It's, it's, it's Taylor Lewan going up to Josh Norman after a game. I think he's just pointing at the scoreboard. And Josh Norman – um, for those of you who don't know, uh, big smack talker, big, uh, yeah, very, very big smack talker. Defensive back in the NFL, he's been to a lot of different teams. Not very good nowadays, but um, he, he's still in the league, which is a little better than what I'm doing here. But <laughs> he, uh, Taylor Lewan went up to him after a game, and uh, Josh Norman tried to fight this six foot eight, three hundred and fifty pound man, and it, it obviously it, it didn't go to plan. But um, stuff like that, yeah. I enjoy that. Tennessee round first base. Flip off the crowd. I don't care. I like seeing it. And I, what I love even more is the people that call into radio shows saying how much they hate it. That's what I love the most. I Oh, gosh. That makes me so happy. One of my favorite things to do in the afternoon is watch the Paul Feinbaum show. Mm-hmm. Because I just I love listening to the people that call in. And I'm, I'm upset. We need to get more people calling in. Call in and talk to me because it is literally my favorite thing mm-hmm. is – to listen to those conversations and just hear what gets people fired up. So uh, next week, maybe next week, we can get somebody to call in because we're about out of time today. So if you call in to talk today, it's going to be a pretty short-lived conversation. But before we do go, I also want to give a shout-out to Star Physical Therapy, the official sports therapy office of Power Hour with Sammy Kincaid, celebrating 25 years of serving their communities. I mean, there's – there's locations all across the Southeast, and uh, just I know from personal experience going to them after I was hit by a drunk driver and um, also had a basketball injury. We've talked about that before. I wasn't – it wasn't an actual basketball game. It's at Pope John Paul. They have house games where each class they compete in these house games against each other, and it was a pretty much a pickup game that I got taken out, and my knee <laughs> was no longer okay after that. And Star Physical Therapy really helped me out both of those times rehabbing it, getting back to where I could be my best self and uh, really helped out my mobility. So I personally say thank you to Star Physical Therapy, but that's just absolutely incredible, serving their communities for 25 years. But you hear that sound right there. 
That is the end of this week's show. So thank you so much to everyone for joining us. Thank you to Ted and Adam Johnson. Thank you, Devlin McKenzie, producer. And we'll see you again, same time, same place next week.